The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. Today I'm talking about being prepared. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I do appreciate it. Well, today's show is going to be eclectic, meaning I'm going to be all over the map again. But I am going to have a common theme, and that common theme is preparedness. It seems that Russia is now going to shut off all supplies of diesel and also gasoline, but it's the diesel that is going to really harm the economies of the world. And if this lasts for quite some time, which I think it will because Russia is cutting off their diesel because they're getting ready for a war. I wonder who they're going to go to war with. Of course, I'm being facetious there, but what's going to happen with Russia's decision to stop exporting diesel means that the price of diesel worldwide is going to go a lot higher. And the countries that have been buying diesel from Russia no longer will be able to buy diesel from Russia. Therefore, they're going to get their diesel on the world market and 
the people in the United States are going to have to compete with these new countries as far as price-wise. And I don't know where diesel is going to end up, but I think it's going to get quite a bit higher. And so in the spirit of preparedness, if you have anything that runs on diesel, as far as construction or farm equipment or maybe your personal vehicle you drive, an over-the-road truck or a pickup truck or just anything that runs on diesel, you better be stocking up. Just make sure if you're storing diesel that you're doing it properly, making sure that it doesn't go bad or get water or anything that gets into your diesel. And it would be a good idea to have filtration as far as to filter the diesel out of whatever container you keep it in, just to keep the fuel as premium as possible. But what's going to happen when the diesel gets priced out of the market for a lot of people? Well, first of all, the costs of goods and services have already just gone through the roof. And anyone that's bought anything at all recently knows that they paid quite a bit more for what they bought. And so our money is getting more worthless every day. And if they have to start tacking on more expense to every item because every item gets hauled by a truck and 99 0.9% of the trucks are diesel. And so there's almost 100% certainty that whatever product that you go out and buy, it got to your location one way or another through a diesel engine. And so we have to really watch that whole situation as the price starts to rise. And it hasn't started rising yet because it just happened today that. Russia has decided to stop all of their exportation of gasoline and diesel both. And that's why I tell my listeners that you have to stay on your toes and stay alert. Keep watching, because what's happening is the world is disintegrating just around your very eyes. All you have to do is have the courage to open your eyes and see things for how they really are. And things are definitely collapsing. It's happening so slow that people don't really realize that it is in free fall. But it is in free fall no matter what anyone tries to tell you. Like the talking heads on the mainstream media will say the economy is just fine and Joe Biden's done such a great job with the economy. And, you know, it's all just baloney. And anyone that believes that is, well, I question your intelligence if you believe the mainstream media on anything. Matter of fact, I heard a gentleman talk about the newspapers, and he said, it's gotten so bad, I don't even believe the date that they print on the paper anymore. And I thought that was very fitting, because I feel the same way about all mainstream media. I don't believe a word they say. None of it. And so, I think that maybe I'm cynical, but I've been burned way too many times, and remember, Joe Biden got more votes than anyone in history, according to the mainstream media. Do you believe that? Well, I don't. How about this COVID so-called vaccine? It's safe and effective. Do you believe that? Well, I don't. And people are still saying that chemtrails, as far as the airplane spraying the chemtrails, they say that's still a conspiracy theory. 
when it's been admitted to by Spain and other governments, and also the Gates Foundation of Bill Gates fame is uh, funding the use of these chemtrails. And speaking of chemtrails, where I was out in the field, I looked up and they were doing tic-tac-toe patterns over me yesterday. And these pilots that are flying these planes, shame on them. They have to know what they're up to. They have to know that it's nefarious. They're probably getting paid very well to do what they're doing. But if you don't think we're already involved in a war, simply look up. And look at what they're spraying. It's coming down on you. They're spraying you like an insect. Never forget that. Well, getting back to preparedness. It would be a good thing to have everything that you're going to need. And I'm talking about in quantity. Because it's my understanding that the governments all around the world are starting to prepare for a large war or a huge war, or a long war, or both, a very big, long war. And so when you have embassies that are stocking up around the world, and you have the Russian government that has decided to keep all their diesel fuel at home, and the reason they're keeping it is so they can put that fuel in their own military vehicles. And there is a bit of, they're using that to punish the Western nations, the NATO countries, because a lot of them, they may not be buying from Russia, but they're already, a lot of these countries are in bad trouble economically because of the cost of energy. And the cost of energy is going to go way through the roof in Europe now. And it was countries like India that were relying on the exportation of the diesel. One little side note is that the Russians are still going to send to China and North Korea, I do believe. And so all the lines are being drawn in the sand, and the elephants are going to fight. And when the elephants fight, the grass gets trampled. And guess who the grass is? Well, that's you and that's me. And so you need to really be on your toes and keep watching. Now, when I say keep watching, I don't mean watch the nightly news. I don't mean go on Facebook or Twitter or whatever they call it now. Because all those are are just bought and paid for propaganda mills. And you need to avoid those places at all costs. I had someone tell me today, as I looked at their hayfield, they wanted me to cut their hay. And he said, you know, I'm starting to believe that maybe the people who are in power in Washington possibly want us dead. He said, I always thought that was something that was just a conspiracy theory or something an extremist thought. But he said, I'm starting to kind of think that that's what's happening. And I told him, of course that's what's happening. Because he's almost retired, and he's going to have a nice pension from where he works. His wife is near retirement age. And I told him, I said, heck, they can get rid of you and your wife and save a whole lot of money. And that's what it's all about, putting money in their pockets. And that's what they want. 
and of course we will own nothing and be happy. And this gentleman has a nice property and a nice home and a nice garage that he can work on cars and tractors, and he's well outfitted. He's had a great job. He's made a lot of money, and he's invested in himself and in tools and in buildings, and they're done right. And I told him, I said, remember, by 2030, you're supposed to own nothing and be happy. And I said, you know, if you're if they haven't killed you before then, because I know that this gentleman was forced by his job to take the death jab, and I know he was at least had one of these death jabs, and I know his wife has two, and they're both having some health problems. That I don't know if it's from the death jab or not, but I suspect it is. But we have to keep our eyes wide open, and even some of those that have been asleep for a long time are starting to wake up. But as people wake up, it seems like that we're going to have more people who are coming against we the people because they know that their time is more limited. And so it's great that people are waking up, and I wish everyone would wake up to see what's really happening. But unfortunately, the people that are the ones in charge, the quote-unquote elites, well, they're watching really close too. And they want to see how awake we are and just how we'll react to certain situations. And if they start getting uneasy about our actions or reactions to what they do, well, they could do something very, very rash and very drastic. Because these people are all worried. They're worried about their bank account. They're worried, they're worried about control and keeping their power. And anyone that poses a threat to them will be dealt with. And I'm talking about any group. Now I'm going to ask you a question since the same gentleman told me that he was getting ready for the 2024 elections. And I asked him, well, why are you doing that? He said, well, you know, we got to outvote all these illegals that they're letting them in so they can vote. And I said, do you really believe that the government runs on votes? That we, the people, have any say? Think about it. These elites think they rule the world. And in some ways they do because we allow them to do what they're doing. And they have all these situations and all of these things in place so they can keep power. Do you think that they're going to allow you and me, just mere peons, the opportunity to dethrone them and throw their people out of office, their hand-picked puppets? Do you think they're going to let that happen? Of course not. They tell you and me, and we the people, that our votes count and we actually elect our leadership. Nothing could be further from the truth. These people have hand-picked puppets that they use, and they rig all the elections, and they only put people in power they want to deal with. Because it doesn't matter who gets elected, you still have your Bill Gates and your Hillary Clintons and your people like that that just always seem to be hanging on and stay in the news and still powerful, even though they're out of power. But you wouldn't know that by their actions and by how other people treat them. 
and they act the way they do because they know the game is rigged. And that's one thing I'd like to get across to everyone is you can't put a lot of stock in elections or you can't put any stock in them unless they're local elections. And then it matters where you're at. Like in Fulton County, Georgia, I wouldn't trust anything that comes out of that government. That whole county is absolutely corrupt. And with Governor Kemp, I believe that's the governor of Georgia, he's corrupt. And I've got a lot of friends from Georgia, and I feel sorry for him. And I have a lot of friends in Canada, and I really feel sorry for them with this little dictator Trudeau, this man-child that they have to deal with. But it doesn't matter which politician that you're talking about or which party or it doesn't matter. They're all corrupt. They're all going to do what they do to put money in their pocket to enrich themselves and their family. And that's what it's all about. Also, these elites and these handpicked puppets that get about anything they want because they are handpicked puppets of the shadow government or whatever you want to call them. All these people don't care if they start a world war because they have bunkers to go to that are fully stocked and they have staff waiting for them there and them and their family is going to survive. And they don't care if you survive or if I survive. As a matter of fact, when I was a kid, there were fallout shelters everywhere. And every fallout shelter I knew about had at least some food. Those old crackers that they used to put in all of these fallout shelters. They were kind of a survival cracker type food. And they also had water and medical supplies and other things. Well, now you can't even find a shelter. And if you find an old shelter that has been decommissioned or possibly is still listed as a fallout shelter, I'll guarantee you there's no food in it. There's no water. There's no medicine. There's nothing. It's just an empty room. And that tells me that the government really cares nothing about your health or my health or whether we survive or not. They don't care. If they did care, they would be putting food and water and other supplies inside fallout shelters, and they would be conducting drills and giving information about how to use the fallout shelters, and we, the people, would be given basically training on how to survive this upcoming disaster that is nuclear war that I do believe is coming. Instead, if you open your mouth and say, we shouldn't go to war with Russia. We shouldn't go to war with China. It's a bad idea. A lot of people are going to get killed. It's going to kill our country. Well, if you start talking like that on Facebook or Twitter or whatever it's called now, they're going to ban you. If you make a video about that on YouTube, you're likely going to get at least reprimanded for putting up such content. Or you'll be shadow banned or outright banned. Your account will be suspended. Because they don't want anyone else to have a narrative that goes against their narrative. And so as you prepare for a world gone mad, you cannot use mainstream anything to help you prepare. It seems to me that the mainstream media is all in for propaganda. 
and I think they're all in for their masters. And of course, their masters are the oligarchs and the one-worlders and the Satanists and, of course, Pfizer and the rest of Big Pharma. They actually own most of the television shows because the last time I watched television, every commercial, it seemed, was a Pfizer commercial. And any program that I saw was brought to you by Pfizer. And that's all you need to know is that these people know where they get their money from. They know who their master is. And there's no one going to stick their neck out and tell the truth about all this horrible situations that we're getting into, or I should say our politicians are getting us into. And why are they going to be truthful? Why are they going to bite the hand that feeds them? Because they're owned by all these special interests and oligarchs and even the government. And all of this is highly immoral and it's illegal in the United States as far as our constitutional republic is concerned. But we really don't have a republic anymore. I think that somewhere down the line, and I'm talking about within probably 50 years, we had a coup take place, maybe several. And the people who are in government now, they don't care really anything about serving and protecting their constitution. It's something they give lip service to, but I don't really think they mean it. And none of them, when they get in, seem to defend the constitution. And so, as far as being prepared, another thing you have to realize is that there's no government agency that's going to help you. There's no man on a white horse. There's no, there's no cavalry coming over the hill. And I've said that on countless shows, and I really want you to understand this, that lots of times, even when you call 911, especially in a large city, you're liable to get placed on hold or have to leave a message or something similar to where you really don't have anyone on the other end of the line that can help you. Well, I'm telling you right now, there's nobody at the end of the line as far as anyone in government that can truly help you and truly make situations better for you and your family. So it's up to you. That's why I preach being self-sufficient on the show. I want everyone to be able to stand on their own two feet and stand tall, stand informed, stand ready to do whatever you need to do to protect and feed your family. And it seems to me like there's so many things that are going wrong right now that I could spend hours on just different things that I see that are really bothering me. But I'm going to jump down a rabbit trail here because I'm thinking about it, and if I don't do this right now, I'll forget. One way to prepare as far as keeping people off your property, and it's something I think that will work, even if you don't have a handgun, which I think you should have one, but even if you don't have any guns at all, go get one of these metal cutouts of the upper torso of a man 
They use these at firing ranges, and they're full of holes and dents from where they've been hit. And it's just a silhouette of a person. Well, I saw somebody that used this as a deterrent, and I thought, what a great idea. I don't know if they actually shot it or whether they drilled some holes and then took some sort of a punch and indented it a little bit. I don't know if it was fake or real as far as the target, as far as how the target looked. But this target had dents and holes in the head and in the heart region. And I'm talking like this was a very, very used target. So there were many holes, many dents. And he takes this target and he puts it near where you go into his property. The first thing you see is his practice dummy or whatever you want to call this metal cutout. And you see that not only has he been practicing shooting, he hits what he aims at. And that's your head and your heart. And anyone that would see that, they know immediately that the person likely has guns, likely knows how to use them, likely will use them. He's trained and accurate. And I think that's a deterrent. And so I think it might be a good idea to get some targets. And if you have to make a few holes, go ahead. You have to make a few dents, go ahead. And put it out prominently so as people come to your front door of your house or if you have a property, your front gate or your driveway, make sure that you have that out there where people can see it. I think that would deter a lot of people from coming up and knocking on your door. And I think that we're about to that time where we're going to have people roaming the streets and knocking on doors. And Of course, you might say, well, that lets the person that's out there that's looking to steal something, lets him know you have guns in your house. Well, most of the criminals that are out and about in this part of the world, they pretty well know that the majority of the homes have a gun. And so you might as well let them know that you know how to use a gun. Now, even if you don't have a gun, this will still work because you'll get your point across because they won't know you don't have a gun. And so there's lots of ways you can use deception. And in wartime, traditionally, especially when they had large groups of pony soldiers, is that they would take a few horses and they would drag logs and brush and anything that would kick up dust. And they would take several horses and just race them back and forth across an area and throw up just a horrible amount of dust. And the enemy would see all the dust and think there's a huge army over there when it might just be 10 or 11 horses being galloped, dragging things to kick up the dust. And that type of deception has won many battles. And so you might want to keep that in the back of your mind. But as I sat down to record this program, I realized that I've had such a hard, busy week that I haven't given the show a whole lot of thought as far as what I wanted to talk about. Usually I pray, and I just wait for God to put something on my heart. And I prayed about this show, but I really didn't wait for God to put something on my heart. I just thought it was time to go, and here I am. But I do think that this common theme of preparedness is something we need to look at.
Now we're coming up on winter, and you already know that. But I think you need to think really hard about having enough supplies, food, water, heating oil, propane gas, natural gas, wood, corn cobs, whatever you heat your house with. I think you should have enough on hand to last until April 1st. Something tells me that this winter is when things are going to go totally kinetic. And if it goes totally kinetic in the winter, and Russia decides they are going to strike the United States, which if we get into it with Russia, they definitely are going to strike, or these people coming across our southern border are going to strike. And I really think that the possibility of us not having any electricity this winter is very, very great. And if we don't have any electricity, of course, we won't be able to operate our businesses or the gas pumps or anything like that. It's going to get real tough. And I don't like the term shelter in place, but that might be what you have to do this winter is make yourself as comfortable and as safe as possible and just be ready to shelter in place this entire winter. I know that in my area, people are getting stranger. Now I'm getting older, and these younger people bother me. That might just be natural. That might be something that older people have felt towards younger people for centuries. And so that might be part of it. But I'm meeting so many people that seem to be living for today, not having a clue that life is a long-term arrangement. And people are making horrible choices. I'm seeing people that are unfit to be working at any job, but yet they're employed and they're made managers or assistant managers. And there's one assistant manager that I deal with as I get gasoline about once a week, I have to deal with this guy, and he's never once said a word to me, nor have I ever heard him talk to a customer. You walk up there, he stares at you like he hates you. I guess he will give you the amount he wants, but he won't say, welcome to our store, thanks for shopping, did you find everything? Nothing. He just gives you the price, and you hand it to him, and he doesn't say thank you come back, we appreciate it, nothing. And there was a guy that was traveling through, I can't remember what state he was from, but he was not from here. He was just beside himself that this guy wouldn't say a word. And so after he got his change back, which this guy never counts the change back either, he just reaches in the cash register, grabs a, whatever he thinks he owes you, and he just holds it out. And he gives it to you, then he says nothing. Well, this guy wanted to have at least an acknowledgement that he was in the store. And so he tried to ask him a couple of questions, and this guy mumbled a couple of things, but really didn't answer him. And in frustration, the guy said, well, have a nice day. Thank you. He was doing that very facetiously, trying to tell this guy, you know, that's your job. You need to be telling that to me. And so we have just a whole lot of odd things happening, and I'm noticing a lot more people living under bridges and under trees and 
There are several camping spots that are really cheap in this area. And I'm starting to see people that are obviously living in their vehicles that are stopping for several nights at these places. State, and so the die has been cast and the stage is set for a perfect storm. So we all have to be prepared for anything that comes our way. And before I take my mid-show break, I would ask that you support this program because it's brought to you by your generous donations. And it's very easy to donate to the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. I take checks, money orders, and cash. You would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska. And the zip code is 69143. And today I'm talking about preparedness. And I think we need to prepare financially, physically, spiritually, emotionally, in all ways we can think of we need to prepare. And I want to talk about the economy for a few minutes. I had a tractor that quit functioning. It backfired so loud that I'm sure that anyone within a mile of there thought that someone had shot a cannon off. It was extremely loud. It's a two-cylinder John Deere, John Deere 70, and they have cylinders like cream cans, and there's a lot of fuel. There was a lot of raw fuel in the cylinders and in the muffler, and it backfired. And when it backfired, the motor died and never restarted. And after messing with it for about 10 minutes, I diagnosed that it had to be the condenser went bad. And that does happen with propane-powered vehicles. They're real hard on condensers. I really don't know why, but they are. I had to buy a condenser for this tractor five years ago, and it was about $6. And I figured the price had went up to about 10 I thought, well, maybe 12 Maybe it doubled. So I walked in there. I had $12 with me. And the guy rang it up and said, that'll be $18.50 for a condenser. These condensers that fit these old John Deere's, when the tractor was new, they probably sold the condensers for $0.50 cents, or maybe even cheaper. I know just as recent as Ten years ago, I was buying condensers all day for 3 and $4. But the list price on this condenser is now $28. And I don't know whether they're not making them anymore, so they're going to price gouge, or whether our money has slipped that far. But how are people going to survive? How are they going to feed their families? How are they going to pay their rent? If every time they turn around, they're paying quadruple what they used to pay for, just the simplest things. And I understand that that a large group of young people are still living with their parents because they can't afford to move out. And I have some very good friends that have a son, and the son is almost 30. And for the last two and a half years, he's been living with his mom and dad because he can't afford to rent. 
Well, finally, Mom and Dad talked him into moving out and renting. And the cheapest place he found was $1,000 a month. Now, I know there are some people that are listening to this show that would do anything to have rent that cheap. But around here, traditionally, you could rent almost any house. It was just a habitation. I'm not talking about anything fancy. For anywhere between 350 and 500 a month. But those days are long gone. And I don't know what's going to happen in Canada as far as what they're going to do with their grocers, but there's something up in Canada that Trudeau and his minions are pushing. It's going to greatly affect your grocery store in Canada. And so all the Canadian listeners, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about, but if you don't, I think you need to do some research on what is about to happen to the grocery business in Canada. I wish I had more information, but I don't. But I think it's something that we need to prepare for. And I think that if it happens anywhere in the world and it's successful, as in it works to harm we the people, they instigate the same thing in other places. So what happens in Canada, if it's successful, you can count on that being rolled out in the United States and Australia and possibly the UK. And I'm noticing that you can buy Bitcoin at liquor stores and cigar shops or cigarette shops and also convenience stores and small gas stations. And I, for one, can't understand why anyone would go into a liquor store or go into a smoke shop or a gas station and give their hard-earned money and buy Bitcoin at a gas station. I just, I'm not a fan of Bitcoin. I'm not a fan of all this digital, I'm going to call it maneuvering. And so they can get into your bank account. I just don't like it. And it seems to me that people that are going to some of these places are, I'm not going to call them poor, but they're not rich. And these same places sell lots of lottery tickets. And when you put Bitcoin in with the lottery tickets, and they're just something that doesn't smell right. And so if you're one of those that are really into Bitcoin and these digital currencies, I think you need to rethink your enthusiasm. I, need, I think you need to really study and find out just what you have and don't have when you buy Bitcoin and other different things that are similar. I guess you would call them the competition for Bitcoin. But I know that as far as preparing, there's no way I would put a dime into that because it's tied to the United States dollar, no matter how you look at it. And I think that you're going to lose your money. In the end, I think whatever you put into Bitcoin, you're going to get zero back. Now, that doesn't mean that I think that the dollar is going to be any safer because if we do start a kinetic shooting war, before long, our money is going to be even more worthless. Inflation is going to be just rampant. And you might have $1,000 in the bank account, and it only ends up having 
$50 worth of spending power. And so there's going to be fortunes lost. Of course, in catastrophe, there's always a certain group of people who can earn money and make money. It's kind of like this pandemic that they scammed us with. It made a lot of people at Amazon and other similar places like that made them very, very wealthy, or should I say much more wealthier than they were. When the common business person, the mom and pop's store on the corner, well, they had to close down because they couldn't ever recover from the business that they lost during the COVID mess. And as far as preparedness goes, you need to prepare for the powers that be to unleash another series or a superbug or something. And they've already got vaccines that they have approved for the next whatever they're going to release, which I don't know how they could know what to prepare for if they don't know what's going to be released. Therefore, I think that the people that are releasing the virus, they want to release it, and they want to get everyone quote-unquote vaccinated for it. But the vaccines are not safe, and they're not effective. They don't work. And so all of this hoopla about get the death jab is is just rather silly, actually. And I would hope that nobody goes in and takes one of these shots. But of course, this next variant, or whatever they come up with, is going to be more deadly and more contagious. And so they're going to scare people into going in and getting inoculated with this concoction of death. And so, as far as preparedness goes, you got to prepare yourself for all sorts of things being unleashed upon us. And when that happens, we have to respond. We have to act accordingly so we can help our families and help ourselves. But they're going to make it hard on us. None of this is going to be easy. And so preparedness needs to start on the inside. I know a lot of people will just want to wish this away. They say, oh, well, that's just Jim on his show. He's talking about disaster and just spreading fear. And You know, I know there's people that likely think that about me and my show. And while I do talk about some scary things, I try to come up with ways that we can stay one step ahead of this scary thing and possibly have some solutions to where we can defeat or at least neutralize this scary thing. And I think that that's very important, that mentally we're able to handle what comes at us. Because if we let our brain work at us and keep us from sleeping and keep us thinking about things that really we have no control over, gets us to worry, gets our blood pressure up. That's happening worldwide. I see it everywhere. You can't go to a grocery store anymore without seeing someone that looks at something and gets sticker shock. Or if you go to a hardware store, someone will see the price of something or and they'll make a comment. You'll say, gosh, this is expensive. It must be made out of gold. And you can tell that people are getting worked up. 
And the more people get worked up, the less productive they get. And it's quite a spiral that they put all of us on. And I hate to admit, but I've been guilty quite a bit of doing my research. I find certain things just really bother me. And so I spend the day, instead of asking myself just how can I be more efficient today and get more done, I'll spend the day thinking about this issue that I learned about and how evil it is or how dumb it is or what have you. And that is part of the PSYOP. And so, you know, you got to prepare your mind to be very strong. And that's hard to do. But if you can be master of yourself, then you're going to be much better off in this world full of chaos. I know that we're not going to be masters of anyone else, nor should we want to be. But we should desire to be masters of ourselves. And unfortunately, very few of us are. Now, I think I'm getting close. I don't think I'm quite a master of myself, but I think that I am getting close. My biggest issue with me is I keep making just horrible mistakes as far as mechanics and other things on the ranch. It seems that I think I'm doing the right thing and I end up costing myself time and money. And I know it's because I'm preoccupied with other things, but I don't want to use that as an excuse. I just need to sharpen my game. And I guess that's what I'm telling you, is that you need to sharpen your game. No matter if it's stocking your house with food or fuel or household protection or whatever you are trying to endeavor to do. I know I have listeners that are building ponds and doing all sorts of things to try to stock fish and get as self-sufficient food-wise as they possibly can. And I think that's a great idea. I don't care for fish, but I know it's a nice source of protein. And protein is something that's going to be very hard to come by very soon. And so being prepared is thinking big picture. And when you think big picture, you don't go out and buy a freezer full of fish. You build a pond and you stock that pond with fish. And that way you have an ongoing supply of fish. It's like when you're looking at chickens. Don't go buy a dozen eggs. Go buy several chickens if you can, if that's allowed in your neighborhood. And I'm noticing there are thousands of backyard flocks in this area. I had to walk for three miles in between fields because I took a tractor up and parked it and I had to walk back to my car. And as I was walking back, I heard roosters from every direction. The wind was just calm enough that you could hear for a mile or two. And it really kind of startled me how many chickens I was hearing as far as separate flocks. But just as a side note, as I was walking those three miles, I decided to go ahead and forage and see what I could see. I know it's late in the season, but there's a delicacy in Nebraska called the sand cherry. And if they're green, they don't taste quite so good. But 
when they're ripe, they're orangish or pinkish. Maybe we say a, a dark shade of yellow. And every one of these sand cherries tastes different. I've never tasted two that were exactly alike. But they're a combination of taste with a tomatillo and one of those small cherry tomatoes. I really enjoy them, and so I was grazing on sand cherries as I was walking. And I looked down, and I happened to see some deer droppings. And in the deer droppings was a handful of plum seeds. And so I knew that somewhere in that area there was a wild plum thicket. So I kept my eyes open, and sure enough, I found it. And it's pretty well end of season, but I was able to get 20 or 30 really nice plums. And so as I was walking the three miles, I was grazing. I had some really nice sand cherries and some wonderful plums. And that's the kind of self-sufficiency that I wish everyone could have, is that every time you go out for a nature walk or whether you're forced to walk if you have a car breakdown or what have you, that along the way you can spot some things that can be refreshing to you. And believe me, the sand cherries and the plums, they were very refreshing. They were very tasty. And I hope that you have some sand cherries in your area. But if you don't, they are kind of like a tomatillo as far as they have this outer husk. But a tomatillo, the husk is pretty well tight against the fruit. Whereas with a sand cherry, it's like a Chinese lantern. It's got this big husk, and then it has, oh, a quarter inch or so, maybe a little bit less, of room between the actual sand cherry and the inside of the husk. And so if you see one of these, you can squeeze it. And if you squeeze the tip, you're just going to squeeze the husk together and not feel the fruit in there. And so you might want to find out if you have sand cherries in your area because they're very delicious. And also, now is the time to start looking for wild roses, together rose hips. I talked about that last show, but but I didn't give a time limit as far as what time it was to get these harvested. And you can harvest them all winter, but you need to try to get them harvested before first frost if you can. And then you can take them and finish drying them and store them away. That way you can crush them into a powder or do whatever you want to do with them because that's the best source of vitamin C. But I wish that all of my listeners were prepared. And preparing is so much more than just calling up someone on the phone or ordering something online. And you say, okay, I've got my month's supply of food. I'm ready to go. I wish that was the case. I wish it was that simple. But it's not. It just is not that simple. We have to be prepared in so many ways. And to be truly prepared, you have to stay on top of things. And you can't wish things away. You can't go hide You have to look at it right in the eye and deal with it. And unfortunately, we have so many people that are in denial in this country. They deny that there's anything wrong with the government. They deny that they 
see anything at all happening nefarious at the southern border. And when you're talking to people that are so brainwashed or so brain dead or however you want to put it, it's real disheartening. And getting back to that gentleman I talked to today, he was awake a little bit to where I think he has some hope. But there are degrees of awakeness, and this gentleman is just a newborn as far as being awake. And he was telling me things that I've known for years that he finally figured out. And so I hope that he progresses and grows on his journey of truth-seeking, because we all need to do that. Well, I'm going to wrap up the show as far as preparing, and I want to bring this to the spiritual side. I think there are multitudes of demonic spirits that are loosed all over the world right now. And I think that a lot of people like their demonic spirits. I've been around people my whole life that had a some sort of a demonic possession or spirit that I know they liked that spirit. You might say that was a familiar spirit to them. And those kind of people you can't do anything with because you can cast that demon out and they'll invite that demon back. And so as you try to prepare spiritually, mentally, financially, and physically, you're going to have people come against you. People are going to naysay you and laugh at you and wonder just what you're doing. And you're going to have to be prepared for that. And as always, stay prayed up. Work on your relationship with Almighty God. I think that's extremely important right now. There are people that are blaspheming God and mocking God openly. I saw a biker just yesterday, and he had a picture of a death skull on his bike, and he claims to be Jesus Knievel, Daredevil Messiah. No kidding. I looked at that and looked at him and thought, wow, if that isn't mocking God, I don't know what is. And so people are so brazen and open. And I saw a car. I was getting gas. It was an RV. And on the back of the RV, I can't tell you what it said because it's totally obscene. But it tells you, if you can read this, to go do something to yourself and to your mother, and you kind of get to drift. And, of course, it had skeleton hands that were showing a finger. I'll just leave it at that. And I thought, wow, this person is broadcasting to the world how ignorant they are and just how evil they are to attack someone's mother and so forth and it just left a bad taste in my mouth and then out from the gas station came about i'm going to say a five-year-old girl probably a kindergartner or first grade and she came skipping out and she looked real pretty dressed nice sweet little girl 
gets inside that creepy RV with all that creepy stuff in the back window. And I'm thinking, wow, this poor child, this poor innocent child. And I think she was with her parents. And I just wonder what this world is coming to. I really do. We see example after example of people just making horrible mistakes, just left and right. I make mistakes too. I'm probably the farthest thing from perfect that I've ever been around is me. But at least I'll acknowledge that, and I'm still working on trying to improve. Whereas it seems like the world is not trying to improve at all. Everyone's just out for themselves. No one cares about anyone else. It's all about them. That's very disheartening. That's one reason why I just don't put much stock in this world as it's constituted. And that's why I keep my eye on the kingdom of God, and that's where we need to keep our eye on. I know I've mentioned this before in this show. I'm going to mention it again. This old song that's many years ago called This World Is Not My Home. I'm just a passing through. And every day that song just plays in the back of my mind. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Might be an age thing. I don't know. But every day is just more of a disconnect. Just a little more each day. Well, I hope that the right person heard this today. I hope that you got something from this show. And I would ask that you donate to this program to keep it on the air. Donations are down, but I do appreciate those who send whatever they can. Everything is very much needed and appreciated. I take checks and money orders in cash. You would write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, Hershey, Nebraska, and the zip code is 69143. I really appreciate you tuning in this week, and until next time, everyone get prepared, mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally, just every which way you can prepare. Get yourself prepared and really concentrate on that. Stay strong. Keep your powder dry. But most important of all, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small in Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.